Hello, high school hockey fans. We're back again for another edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. I'm Mike Hammett with our panel, who's short one tonight. Dell is here, but Bill Sr. is here. Bill Jr., though, he's got the night off. He's, I don't know, what, what's he got going on tonight? Yeah, he's 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 under the weather tonight. Okay. All right, well, I hope he gets feeling better. Our games of the week, my goodness, Dell. Was on the road again. He was at the boys and girls games of the week. Well, Dell, the floor is yours. Well, on Tuesday night last week, I drove up to River Falls to catch Hudson and the Fusion uh, playing uh, the girls game of the week. We had a couple streaks going on with this game. Uh, Katarina Donna, the goalie for Hudson, entered the game on 182 minutes and 16 seconds since her last goal. The Fusion came into the game knowing that if they won this game, it clinched their fifth straight Big Rivers Conference title. And the game started, and we expected it to be tight, and the first period showed just how tight it was going to be as it was still tied at zero at the end of the one and Cat's minutes went up to 199 minutes and 16 seconds without a goal. And then it was the second period at 14.05 that the fusion broke through and ended her goalless streak at 213 minutes, 21 seconds, and took a one to nothing lead in the game. And that was how the second period concluded was one nothing fusion. Fusion, uh, Jumped out in the second period, scored quickly, uh, 16 seconds in to go up by two. A little bit later, they scored their third goal to be up three to nothing and then ended up giving up a goal with 19 seconds remaining to make it a final score of three to one, uh, the Fusion winning. But uh, Katarina Donna, uh, 213 minutes, 21 seconds without giving up a goal. Uh, nothing to sneeze at and if that you know could prove something during the playoffs if they got that hot goalie going in you guys know what a hot goalie can do for a team take you a long long ways and so that that was how the girls game ended you know nice trip up to river falls uh they played at wildcat arena uh second time i'd been in wildcat uh, last time I'd actually been there was when my son played for the Wisconsin Pride uh, summer team that went on out, took a road trip to a tournament out in Lake Placid. But, you know, good to get up there, see everybody, and a good game overall. And then on Sat Saturday night, I had a little closer road trip, only an hour down the road and made it down to Capital Ice Arena to catch Brookfield coming into Middleton to take on the Cardinals. Uh, the biggest thing about this game was it was the Supernova game. Uh, so where they were actually doing a fundraiser and the funds that were raised were going towards LLS and youth and ch children's cancer research. And the game ended up raising a little over $8,000 uh, that was going to get donated. 
And this was uh, actually a fundraiser that got started five years ago uh, when uh, one of the players on the Metro Lynx started this. And when she graduated from the Metro Lynx, uh, they took it over at the Middleton Cardinals. And her brother actually helped run it over here for the a few years, and he's graduating this year. And I think they kind of picked out a sophomore on the team this year that's going to kind of take it over next year. But with that, you know, even after doing all that fundraising and stuff, there was still a hockey game to be played. And Brookfield took the early lead 22 seconds into the game. Looked like Middleton was going to be able to clear the puck out of the zone. And the player lost control of the puck. And it was uh, Pierce Mayer for Brookfield. Got the puck and just spun and shot at the same time and beat the goalie to put uh, Brookfield up one to nothing, 29 seconds into the game. Later in the game, Charlie Jambor, who was actually the senior that was helping to run this tournament and get the fundraising and everything going, scored a goal uh, to tie the game up at one. And that's how the first period concluded was in a one-to-one tie. And the second period, uh, Middleton ended up scoring uh, about a third of the way through the second, uh, actually early in the second period uh, to take a two-to-one lead. And that's how the second period concluded. The third period got underway and it remained two to one until there was like three minutes and 16 seconds remaining in the game. And there was a face-off coming up down in the offensive zone for Brookfield. Their coach called a timeout, pulled the goalie to get the extra attacker on to try to get this game tied up. 10 seconds after they dropped the puck, uh, the Cardinals ended up getting a hold of the loose puck, fired at the length of the ice into the empty net to go up three to one. Uh, Brookfield put their goalie back in late in the game. Uh, they ended up on a power play opportunity, pulled their goalie again. And shortly thereafter, Middleton put another puck into the empty net. Uh, Brookfield closed out the game with a, goal 12 seconds remaining to make it four to two but very exciting game all the way through and that concludes our games of the week all right thank you very much Dell. um a couple other games that we attended i uh made the short trip right down the street here had the chance to watch uh the bragging rights of highway 51 here in rock county beloit traveled up here to janesville and this is a big rivalry game and it's it gets pretty heated and both teams haven't had much success this year but you know to them this is this is the game this is the one they want to win Janesville won the first one this time around Beloit got the scoring started first Nathan Feebig scored an even strength goal in the first period just over 10 minutes gone and it was a one nothing Beloit lead after one Janesville in the second period, though, came back with two goals from Bryce, too. And the game had been played pretty, pretty good, pretty uh, tame game. But 
in the third period, penalties got called, and next thing you know, there's uh, goals being scored too. And Beloit ended up putting three more goals in the back of the net, um, two even strength and one an empty netter. Um, Braden Lane, Jackson Walenga, and Peyton Whalen with the empty netter. These two teams split their regular season meetings. Um, Lloyd ends up winning this one uh, 4-2 on uh, last Thursday night. And Burglar, you got to see the Badger Lane Conference Tournament. Yeah, we try to take that in whenever we can. We like the conference tournaments. As far as I know, the, the Badgerland one has been going on the longest. They had eight teams in their conference, and they would just play each other once and then have a tournament to settle things at the end. Uh, Beaver Dam moved out a couple of years ago, so they invited Homestead the last couple of seasons to be a, a an honorary weekend-only uh, Badgerland Conference team uh, just for the purposes of this tournament. Um, but we like going there. Um, it, you know, for the seating, you know, it's how they do in the regular games. And uh, Springs and Fond du Lac and Nina had split. Uh, they'd each beaten each other one time during the regular season. Yeah, the 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 Ledgers beat the Cardinals but lost to the Rockets, and the Rockets beat the Ledgers but lost to the Cardinals. Um, you know, so they were all they were all at six and one in the conference, and whatever tiebreaker they used, uh, put Springs at at first, and then Nina and Fondelac were were two and three or three and two, whichever. But in the way the tournament broke down, they had to play each other in the semifinals, uh, which left. Uh, Fond du Lac won that game, so Fond du Lac got to play Fond du Lac Springs for the the conference championship. But we also saw the third place game uh, between Homestead and the Nina Hortonville Menasha Rockets. Uh, Homestead scored first about halfway through the first period, even though the most of the play had been down in the Homestead end. They they got a rush up the ice and got the puck to their front of the net, and knocked in a rebound to take the one nothing lead. But Nina tied it up. Mark Sutton tied it up uh, shortly after that. Ended, first period ended up one-to-one. And then from then on, it was just uh, all Nina Hortonville, Menasha Rockets. They ended up scoring seven more goals in that game to win eight-to-one and, and take third place in their conference tournament. Um, and then they had their all-conference awards ceremony. Um, like to be there for that. We get the you know, get the pictures of the first team, second team, honorable mention. They do an academic team also, as well as a player of the year and coach of the year. Uh, the player of the year was uh, goaltender for Fond du Lac, uh, Spencer Schober. And the coach of the year was Nick Tank from Waupon. Um, and then the championship game came after that. And... <sighs> I think Armani Fisher from Springs was maybe had a little chip on his shoulder because he he was second team all conference and the goalie for Fond du Lac uh, was the player of the year. So uh, I think Armani Fisher decided to show everybody that you know maybe perhaps he should have been uh, rated a little bit higher than than he was and 
Uh, he scored three times on the player of the year, you know, to get the hat trick in that game and lead Springs to a, a five to nothing win in, in that championship game. It was, it was a fairly even fought game. It just, Springs just had Springs just had the 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 higher higher skilled players on the front end, particularly um, Armani Fisher. He was just he was everywhere in that game. Um, really dominated the play in that game, and uh, so they ended up winning that game. And then that was a four o'clock game, so it was like dinner time when that game got done. And I know who you guys are. I mean, if you're gonna go to eat in a a, a city you're not quite familiar with you look around the rink uh to see what sort of restaurants are advertising at the rink uh i always like to do business with the businesses that support hockey so we looked up there at the rink and there was uh geno's and friar tucks uh they they shared one banner up there and they're right next to each other um on johnson street in fond du lac and we'd been to Friar Tuck's a couple of times, and Gino's a couple of times, back back when Bob was uh, at Marion in Fond du Lac. And I think last time Brett and I were in Fond du Lac doing a game, we went to Friar Tuck's. So I asked uh, my work buddy, uh, Joe, who lives in Fond du Lac and his kid plays for Springs, I asked him, uh, Backyard Bar and Grill, that was the other place up there. So is it Backyard Bar and Grill? Is that, well, we like that. And he said, if we like Friar Tuxin, we'll really like the Backyard Bar and Grill. Because it's like that, but bigger and wider selection. Um, and, and we did. Um, there was, there was, it's a big place. They have a very uh, a wide and varied menu. Um, Bill had the Reuben, because whenever he's at a new restaurant, he has the Reuben, because that's his way of gauging if a restaurant's any good. Um, <laughs> I had oh they had they had some sort of uh weird salmon thing. It was uh a mojito salmon, sand open face sandwich. That was that was actually quite delicious. So we were really happy with that. Um, uh, happy with the tournament. I know I know we we at the same time that the the Badgerland is going on the. The girls' uh, Eastern Shores tournament is going on, and Dell, you were at least at the championship game for that. I think I saw uh, an article that you put up for that. Actually, I wasn't at the championship game. I uh, got the championship team picture for it, and so I went through the score sheet to come up with my story oh. on it and everything. Because because that was the same day I was down at Middleton for the boys' game going on um but you brought up about bill having that reuben sandwich before the brookfield middleton game i ate at tanner's bar and grill there in middleton that used to be quaker steak and lube and stuff and had a great reuben sandwich i don't know about you guys but i look i kind of like reuben sandwiches <laughs> i i don't think i'd order one if i didn't like it <laughs> no, no. so you like it so MJ, I think the next thing on the list is under your name. I see that the uh, best Western Premier Park Hotel Players of the Week, and I uh, got our two uh, winners of Players of the Week on the guy side, Charlie Jamber of Middleton. 
believe he just came up in the conversation a little bit ago. On Saturday, he scored two goals in that 4-2 win over the Brookfield Stars. Also, he was part of the Super Noah game where over $8,000 was raised. So Charlie Jamber, he uh, had a great game on a great uh, fundraiser. He had two goals in the 4-2 win over Brookfield Stars. He was the best Western Premier Park Hotel Players of the Week on the boys' side. And on the girls' side, it's a girl that I've got to see play before, and I come away impressed with her. That's Charlotte Featherston of a USM. Uh, Charlotte on Thursday had two goals and assists in a 4-3 to three win over Bay Area. And then two goals on Saturday in a win over the Warbirds, a 2-1 to one win over the Warbirds. So they needed both of her goals to get a win. And they were able to do that. So Charlotte Featherston, congratulations to you, kiddo. You are the girls' best Western Premier Park Hotel Player of the Week. Yes, I did see her a couple weeks ago when they came down here. She played for US. She plays for USM, and she's a good skater. Shoots the puck well, and a very nice player. She's a she's definitely somebody you know when she's on the ice because she's a She's got a little bit of speed to her. Top sixes. Would, would that have been in the uh, championship game then of the Eastern Shores? Yes, that two to two to one win over the Warbirds was an overtime victory for the championship game. The four to three was a semifinal game um, of the conference tournament, like the boys' uh, Badger, Badgerland conference tournament in Great Northern. Uh, the Conference teams play each other once during the regular season, and then they play the conference tournament at the end of it. So, you know, and, and as Burglar and uh, Junior have pointed out numerous times, I'd love to see more of the conferences be able to do something like that. Uh, one, it benefits the teams a little bit because they're able to kind of open up and add a couple other games in there that they wouldn't actually get and then still be able to get that conference tournament in. Yeah, I agree with that. I know uh I know down here in this part of the woods that would be really something to watch, like a um like that kind of tournament in the big eight and also in the badger large and small. Be a good tournament. Even in the classic eight. I'd like to see that, but you know, I don't make those decisions. However, one thing I do know is Burglar has the decisions that have been made on the top sixes of the week. And Bill, this is usually where Junior steps up and says, hey, this is what we got. Uh, he's not with us, but we're going to keep it in the family and yeah. we'll give it to you. Yeah, he's uh, he took a, a cue out of Dell's playbook and he's been sending out reminders every Sunday uh, to the coaches to get their votes in. And so the we're getting a, a very large number of voters every week, which is good. Um, and with the large number of voters, the 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 rankings, especially this time of year, uh, don't change a whole lot. By now, uh, as uh, Denny Green would say, you know, they are who we thought they were. Um, and in Division Two right now, uh, New Richmond, Oregon, Amory, Saint Mary Springs, one, two, three, and four. Uh, just as they were last week. Uh, Tomahawk moves up one spot to number five, River Falls. Uh, conversely, 
moves down one spot to number six. Um, also receiving multiple votes in there were Lakeland, Menominee, and Mozanie. On the girls' side, uh, Superior, again, is a unanimous pick at number one. Um, two through five have not changed. Central Wisconsin Storm, two. Bay Area Ice Bears, three. St. Croix Valley Vision, four. Hayward Hurricanes, five. And University School jumps into the rankings, uh, probably on the strength of that uh, Eastern Shores Conference Championship. They are, out, they are now at number six. Uh, they were not ranked previous. They were not ranked last week. Also receiving multiple votes for the girls were Hudson and Western Wisconsin. Uh, Division one, same two at the top: Chippewa Falls, number one; uh, Spash Panthers, number two. Eau Claire Memorial moves up a spot uh, to number three at the expense of Bayport, who moves down a spot to number four. Uh, Madison Edgewood stays at five, and Hudson moves into the rankings. Uh, they were not ranked last week. Hudson is now at number six. I think they replaced Brookfield from last week. Um, also receiving votes well, were Brookfield and Notre Dame Academy. So those are your top sixes. Not a whole lot of movement, but you don't really expect a whole lot of movement at this time of year. I know Spash on Saturday night had to go overtime, but they uh, knocked off Verona. And uh, earlier in, in that week, it might have been a day or two before that, Verona knocked off Madison Edgewood. So, you know, Leah, Verona Wildcats seeing a little bit of the action on a D1 level with uh, ranked teams and being very competitive. Not good, didn't get votes to be mentioned, but still very competitive in uh, Division One. Notre Dame guys, I just, you know, you, you just, you just don't know them. They're a young team, but you know what? They're starting to come around and things are starting to click for them a little bit. And, you know, guys maybe starting to figure out a few things. And Notre Dame Academy, I mean, they're defending D1 uh, champions. You know, I don't put it past them to make a run at it again this year. I don't like, you know, I'm not saying they're going to. But you know what? They're, they're going to go deep in the playoffs. You just watch. Well, you, they're sitting there with a 13-8-1 record. Uh, their opponent's win percentage is about a 683. And that was that's on my, the stats that I, I keep in, in a little bit of a spreadsheet here where I actually do go out and pull out um, their opponents uh, where they're overplaying against some of the Michigan teams and everything. Uh, so, I, you know, they've got an... Nice record. I mean, nothing to to be sneezed at. You know, Verona, you mentioned, is sitting there at 13-8-0, a 6-19 winning percentage, and their opponents are a 6-26. So it's not like you know, either of those teams are playing weak teams and stuff. They're they're playing teams that are you know, keeping their record above 500. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and that all comes to benefit, you know, when you, when you get into the playoff section because you've been playing pl- tough teams all along. You know, you look at Chippewa Falls. Yeah, know, and, and, uh, and when when you've got a young, if you've got good coaching and a young team, 
they show a lot of improvement over the course of a season. Um, you know, sophomores by the, you know, by the time they've got, you know, 15, 20 games in, you know, they're, they're almost like juniors by then, you know, they, they, they really grow up a lot, you know, in, in those, those, those first couple of years. We got here, Bayport went down one, Eau Claire Memorial one up one. And, uh, I was going to say about Chippewa Falls, you look at, you look at that conference they play in big rivers, you know, they've got Eau Claire Memorial, they've got uh, Hudson, you know, and those two, they got to play, play those two teams twice each time. Well, and then you've got New Richmond that they have to play. New well, Richmond's the de defending D2 champs. They play them twice out of that conference. Yeah. New Richmond, uh, is always always seems to be hanging around and you know last year they got over the hump and you know this year they're right right you know right there again and, and you look at you know their Chippewa Falls Eau Claire Memorial uh non-conference schedule you know it, it's tough teams you're sitting there Eau Claire Memorial's opponents winning percentage is like 590 uh Chippewa Falls is at 570, Edgewoods 581, Stephen Points 569. So I mean you you got, you know, strength of schedules, you know, really nice on that. You know what, you know, you look at that with Chippewa Falls, Spash, Eau Claire Memorial, and uh Hudson. There's four teams that they all in the same sectional, right? Yeah, only one of them's gonna make it to state. Yeah, that's the point I was going to make. Only one of them is going to make it state. I mean, you're looking at three other good teams that are, aren't going to make state. And it's almost yeah. a crime that it is that way. But, you know, it's um, a dogfight. We'll talk about that next week. One thing that I wanted to bring up is uh, Superior had two games this week that, uh, you know, shout out to Sheboygan and, and University School both that uh, – Played Superior tough and uh, two ties for Superior this week. A 3-3 tie Friday night against Sheboygan and a 1-1 tie against USM on Saturday. And I watched quite a bit of that uh, Superior-Sheboygan game uh, after the, you know, the next morning uh, going on Live Barn, the recorded thing. And you know, those were both double overtime. They went, you know, played two overtimes in both of those games and still ended up with the tie. What do we got here, guys? Upcoming games of the week. Girls on Friday, Brookfield Glacier at Cooley Region. Yep. And two of the teams that I it, that's two of the teams I haven't seen this week. Um actually I will be traveling tomorrow and going up to to Hudson. A nice little road trip because Western Wisconsin's playing at Hudson. Uh, I haven't seen Western Wisconsin play in person yet this year, uh, so I'll catch them on Tuesday. Uh, but Hudson was our game of the week last week. We try to spread that around a little bit. Uh, Brookfield Glacier and Cooley Region, neither one have been part of our games of the week, and I haven't seen either one of those teams play in person this year yet. So I will catch both of them. And then on Saturday, I do plan on making it up to Burglar's Neck of the Woods and going to Green Heck 
and seeing the central Wisconsin storm host the lakeshore lightning. And that will mean that I have seen all 27 girls team play live at least one time this season. Oh, you are a traveling man. Bill, are you, uh, I take it you're going to be in great Northern conference championship. You would be wrong. Uh, oh, Bill, okay. Bill Jr. will be there. I will be uh, otherwise engaged uh, with with the lovely Mrs. Berg. We'll be over at uh, uh, an event over in the Twin Cities. Uh, so okay. I will not. I will not be there. He'll he'll be taking that on. Um, again, that's that's in in Mosinee. He'll at least be there for the third place game in the championship game of that, and hopefully, uh, the awards ceremonies. Uh, which I believe they also do in between the third place game and the championship game. Uh, we're also trying to decide what we're going to do on Thursday. Uh, Thursday, the uh, couple of couple of representatives from the Badgerland Conference will be heading over to take on um, Wisconsin Valley Conference opponents. Uh, Nina Hortonville Menasha will be playing Thursday night. Uh, against uh, in at Marathon Park against Wausau West, and the Fond du Lac Cardinals will be uh, facing Stevens Point, uh, the Spash Panthers, down in Stevens Point. Right now, we're leaning towards the Fond du Lac Spash game. Uh, nothing against Nina or Wausau West, but I think we've uh, caught th at least three Wausau West games already this year, and I have not seen uh, the Spash Panthers in person yet, and I do want to see them before the playoffs start. So I think we're going to end up going down to KB Willett on Thursday for that game. Not as a game of the week, but just as a game that we want to see. There's nothing wrong with that. The more we see, the better. Um, let's go on, uh, final thoughts. Um, I was going to ask Dell, I know, uh, we talked quite a bit about the Hobie Baker, um, character awards and, uh, are we still taking the nominees or are we still taking? Yep. They, they actually are able to get their last nominations in by tomorrow, uh, for the Hobie Baker and, I mean, the numbers had improved a little bit uh, at talking to Jim Hayes last week. Hopefully, you know, some more w went in and everything. But so all the coaches, boys and girls side, have until tomorrow to be able to get their votes in for the Hobie Baker. It's kind of an important award. Yeah. Well, so those, those, those numbers you gave us weren't the finals. No, it those weren't the finals. They still had – they still had time to get them in. Okay. Uh, a whole well, until tomorrow. And then, speaking of awards, I know that uh, Junior and I have both uh, been mailing, emailing uh, coaches, reminding them to get their uh, write ups in for the Unsung Hero Awards to Adam Burrish on the boys' side and the Rachel Kenyon on the girls' side. And I've been talking to my coaches about the girls' awards, the 
girls WIPH awards and stuff. Um, so, of course, you know, hard to believe that season's <laughs> wrapping up this Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty fast. It's flowing right by. You know, guys, um, we give lots of shout outs, you know, we, we to the referees for the um, things that they do and the time that they dedicate, uh, the coaches, the players and everything. Um, one that I think that we sometimes take for granted and neglect are our paramedics and our EMTs that take their time and the trainers that are at these games. And what, one of them struck pretty close to my heart this week. Um, I, I got a message from my cousin who, whose uh, granddaughter plays for the Badger Lightning. And she got injured up there at uh, Black River Falls on Saturday evening. But the paramedics uh, that were there uh, were able to take her in and, you know, took good care of her. And that happens at all of our rinks. These paramedics are there with their time and they take good care of these players and the referees when they go down on the ice and get injured. And I just want to give a shout out to them. And the thing is, Del, these people had to be ready at a moment's notice because I'll tell you what, it uh, things can happen quick and they usually do. Um, you get one on one bench that's hurt and then, Oh, you got to hurry up and go over on the other side. This one's hurt too. And you know, they, uh, they do an excellent job of keeping up on that stuff. And I know, uh, I know at least down here, when they go through a concussion, uh, baselining for the season, I mean, that's one thing they really keep an eye on is, uh, concussions and the possibility of having one. So it's something concussions are something they very much take take as serious well and that was it, it with this one this player did end up with a concussion and a neck brace right now but you know that's the worst of it you know we're pretty you, you got to be really grateful and stuff so but yeah i just wanted to make sure that we give a shout out to to those emts and paramedics that are there doing their job I just, I just agree with you, Dell. That uh, I can't believe this is this is the last week of the regular season. My goodness! And you know what are we? February fourth, fifth. February fifth as we're doing this, um, and February 29th, we we're, we're we're doing state games. I mean, things are really starting to ramp up here. Are you saying that three weeks from tomorrow we'll be heading down to Madison? Pretty much. Alrighty. Madison, you are on notice. So that means no sleep for MJ till after that? <laughs> I gotta I'm gonna be there. I'm looking forward to state this year, especially after the way it went last year. Um last year I I didn't know what to expect, but you know what? I thought all in all, it really turned out well. And I'm really looking forward to it again this year. But I'm sure we'll talk about that more when the tournament comes around. So guys, you guys uh, have anything else you got to get off your chest? I don't think so. No, I'll, I'll take that as a no. Del, you good? I think I spoke enough tonight. Okay. More, more than what you normally do. <laughs> All right. For uh burglar and Dell bill jr. Hopefully he's on the mend. I'm Mike Hammett. Catch you next week. Oh yeah. We're going to do the, uh, Playoff preview next Monday night, correct? Yes. 
Okay, next Monday yes, night. Yes, we'll where we get to pretend like we know stuff about every team and every region. And In other people, words, people generally call us on it on when they. <laughs> In other words, the BS meter will be on live. Yeah, that's that's true. So next Monday we'll have that going here. We'll uh, do the uh, sectional previews and all that stuff. So, guys, uh, good show. We'll talk to you guys again next Monday. For you, the listener, thank you very, very much for spending time. Uh, listen to us on this podcast. Sometimes uh, we run a little long or you know ramble a little bit, but hey, we appreciate uh, you guys listening. Um, we'll be back next week. So come join us next week for another edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey.